I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And on this um, pre-holiday week, we a lot of people are looking forward to spending some time at home with their families. Um, and there, But there's some people that can't be at home for the holidays, um, especially the ones that are have their children being treated at um, Children's Hospital. Um, and that's where our next guest comes in. Um, she is the Executive Director of the Ronald McDonald House Charities of South Louisiana. And they um, are ready to, oh, actually just did their grand opening celebration on December 8th of a new edition there that is designed for families who are having, who have children that are being treated at the hospital. Um, so welcome, Grace McIntosh. Good morning, is it still morning? Yes, good morning, yes. Kim, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you. We've got, so there's, there's a bunch of families that cannot be home for the holidays um, because their children are being um, treated for different conditions at the hospital. And that's where you guys come in. So tell me what you guys do. Sure. So um, imagine that you're a family of a, of a child. And, and when I say child, it's really any age up, all the way up to really 21 years old. And you have to come to the New Orleans area for specialized treatment. And it may not be at Children's. It could be at Oshner. It could be outpatient, but it's specialized. And it's and it's um, a condition that is going to probably require a fairly decent stay, uh, although not necessarily. It could be uh, a premature birth. It could be a traumatic brain injury. It could be a complicated pregnancy, and so mom needs to be close to the hospital, a variety of reasons. But but the commonality is that they need to be close to the hospital, and where they live is not close to the hospital. So it's anywhere from across the lake on the North Shore to literally another country, Japan, Germany. We've had just a few, just a, a couple fairly recently. And so um, these are families that don't really have the um, financial ability to stay in New Orleans for what could be a year. Um, our longest time uh, patient stayed with us for 426 days. Wow. Um, so, so the, but they're far from family, they're far from friends, they're far from their support. So what we try to do is really provide a home away from home, literally. It's not just a hotel experience. We provide them with the comfort and the care and the compassion that we would want our families to have. So in addition to obviously a free a free place for them to stay and sleep and shower and do their laundry and get all of their meals, um, we also provide that, that comfort and that compassion and that care by providing all kinds of activities, volunteer-led, staff-led, um, activities that help to bond um, the families to one another because oftentimes what is so powerful is when we see two families sitting in the kitchen and they're and they're sharing their their stories and their challenges and their difficulties with one another and they end up becoming friends for life 
because they have shared this intense experience that really only they can um, can identify with. So when you come here and, and now when you come to this just exquisitely beautiful house, you get you get the sense that, okay, I'm I've got a beautiful place to stay, but I've also got some place that I can have that comfort and I can just be um, and it's safe and and the people here are going to wrap their arms around me literally and figuratively while we're here. And that is just so essential. So you guys have a house on Canal Street, and I think most people have probably seen it as you're driving by. Um, is that how long has has that been there? It will. It was actually 40 years on December. Well, I'm sorry, 39 years on December 10th, and so it's it, we call it the iconic yellow house on Canal Street. Um, and it's 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 lovely. It's an older house. It's got a tremendous amount of charm, but really the board almost from the time they moved in knew that it wasn't going to be able to be really that that permanent place that they wanted um, for a number of reasons. Number one, only 15 rooms. The main thing, well, the two main things is it's 15 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes away from, from children's or Oshner. And so for a lot of families, that was too far. And yeah. so they would still choose to sleep in the lobby of you know the hospital or in their cars because they didn't want to be that far away. So we are literally now steps away from children's and about five minutes away from a couple of the Oshner campuses. So it's much closer. And then third, <laughs> because it was an old building, they had shared bathrooms. It was kind of like a, a youth hostel type environment. And when COVID hit, we had to essentially shut down to only one third of our operational capacity because we could not have families sharing bathrooms during that time. So now all of our now 22 rooms all have their own in suite. So they have their own private bathroom. Should God forbid another, another wave of the pandemic hit, um, we don't have to shut down operations to the extent that we did over there. And only five of those guest rooms were large enough to accommodate like families of four or Yes. And, and now what we have is every room can accommodate at least three. Um, if you have a baby, it could be then four or five. But we also have on both of the floors um, two sets of adjoining rooms, because often what we'll have is we might have an extended family member to provide that support to the parent or parents. So we might have mom will show up maybe with grandma so that mom can get a break for a little bit while grandma's you know, with, with the child. Um, because oftentimes our families will do that. They'll take turns. If they're, if they're still one of the parents needs to work, one parent will be here, the other parent will go home to work and then they'll switch. It can be a very chaotic time for them. Um, and so we wanted to have a couple of rooms where we would at least be able to accommodate larger numbers of, of family members. And this is this is a big project, six million dollar project. How long has this been going, and where did the funding come from? So um, it's actually now I'm closer to seven, but anyway, you know how that is. <laughs> it right? always it always gets more, right? right? You know how that is. But um, so it's a, it's a really interesting story. Um, so as I said, our board had always really wanted to find a, a different location for the house. They'd never really been able to find that perfect fit. And um, when the and so there had been discussions going on really for years. And when John Nickens, who is the current CEO of Children's Hospital, came into town and he had been very much connected with the Ronald McDonald House 
in Texas, where he was, where he was from working. Um, and he contacted our board chair at the time and said, Hey, why aren't you on our property? Why aren't you on our campus? And uh, we said, well, we'd love to be, but you know, here's some, here's some logistical issues. And uh, he said, you know what, we need to just make this happen. Um, one of which was finances. We're a fairly small nonprofit. And so looking at a, and, and it's only a $7 million campaign because, because we don't have to pay for land. We, we already had an existing building here. So what would have probably been a 12 or $13 million um, campaign if we were to simply try and find a piece of land close by to a hospital and build a new building, um, Children's was also looking to repurpose some of the existing older buildings on their, on their larger campus footprint. And so in kind of looking at these two buildings that were here on campus, the, the building itself stood, and obviously they're historical buildings, so we couldn't touch the, the front of it, but the inside, and I'll tell you the one building, actually the building I'm standing in right now, which we call our community side, was a barn and hadn't been in use for, for years and years and years and years. And I tell you, when I walked in and saw it in its original condition, I thought, how are we ever going to do this? But amazingly, <laughs> the architects and the construction folks and the contractors said, we're going to make this happen. And so, um, so when we were talking with children's, the issue still came, you know, if it's a $6 million campaign, we're very tiny. We, it would take us a long time to be able to afford something like that. And so Children's Hospital said, well, we're so committed to having a Ronald McDonald House, all of the class act children's hospitals across the country have a Ronald McDonald House on their site. We will commit to supporting it half. Wow. So Children's Hospital is funding half of the construction costs with us. And um, without their support, we would not have been able to do it. That's pretty amazing. It really is. And it's a partnership that we're just absolutely thrilled to have. Um, they've been absolutely gracious during this whole process. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I in my wildest dreams, I couldn't have imagined something like that happening. So who has been like the architect and construction? Maybe have a shout out to them. Absolutely. Um, EDR, so SQ, Dumez and Ripple. Okay. Um, we're, yeah, we're the architects. And then Donahue Favre is the okay. contractor. And you, if you're ever uptown and, and want to come, please do come. I mean, I, this is to anyone who wants to come. It is truly a beautiful, beautiful facility. And what they did really in about a year and five months, because our groundbreaking was in the middle of July, 2021. So what they have done in such a short period of time is really quite miraculous. Well, and plus all the, all the COVID stuff and supply yep. chain issues and Yes, yes. And, and, you know, supply chain issues continue, but um, so we don't have all of the furniture that we were hoping to have. We've been working with AOS on the furnishings and actually the interior, uh, all of our art. One of my board members, um, Dr. Elizabeth Wisner, who's a doctor here at Children's, um, also in her other life um, is, is an art person. And so she did this call for artists uh, and the call went out uh, probably about six months ago. And we have got the most amazing pieces of art and sculpture. And um, you just got to see it. I mean, it really is beautiful because we know that 
one of the, the biggest things in, in helping a family to feel calm and at peace is their surroundings. And right. so every piece of art, every piece of furniture that's decorated, um, I have three board members that literally worked with AOS and EDR to come up with patterns and colors and tiling and flooring that, that makes this both very soothing in their bedroom so that they can kind of decompress um, whether it's in their bedroom or whether it's in one of any number of little small anterooms that we have. We have a little library. We have a business office kind of area for them. We have a game room. And then in the dining room, which is really our showpiece room, um, we have a huge uh, artist wall which has got all kinds of beautiful pieces of art, including a couple of pieces from Billy Soltario. Um, we have just amazing, um, amazing pieces. So that when you walk in, you kind of go, wow. And then we have a children's, you know, playroom. Um, and it, it's just, it's just beautiful. And you have a, a game room, a barbecue, outdoor barbecue space. An outdoor barbecue space. We don't have the barbecue yet. So <laughs> we're trying to get an, we need to get an electric barbecue. So a little shout out for anybody who wants to donate a couple of electric barbecues because we can't have, um, you know, we can't have open flame here. Right, right. Yeah. And then you have on-site volunteer-led activities. What do those look like? That's really the heart of our program. Um, the activities, as I was mentioning before, you know, the whole comfort, care, and compassion concept yeah is really the, the personal touch between the staff and the volunteers. So when people contact me and they say, hey, you know, we'd like to volunteer, what, what can we do? Usually the first thing we say is, you know what, come and have a meal. Either bring, bring a meal. Um, we have a variety of different options where we can do what's called um, our Meals from the Heart program. It's on our website, where if you don't feel comfortable bringing in the food and cooking it, we will purchase the food. Um, we would even cook it and you just come and share some time with the family, sit down with the families, eat, because we all know that um, fellowship really is uh, oftentimes around a dining room table. And so um, we encourage them to do that. If they're not able to do that, then we sort of talk with them about what are your interests? Where, where would you like to participate? So again, we have a number of our artists that, um, that provided pieces here have said they would like to come and do some artwork with the children or the, or the parents or the families. Um, they might wanna do some dance. We now have a big enough space where we can do those activities. They might wanna come and do a barbecue, but whatever they do, we will accommodate what they would like to do with the families. And so um, having volunteers here, doing any one of those activities, the families just absolutely love. And so um, that is really the, the heart and soul of our program are bringing in people from the community. You know, we're uptown, so we're in a completely different community. We are so hoping that we will have people who will want to come and spend time here. Um, but that is really the heart of our program. And I forgot to say in our playroom, this is really big. In our playroom, we have a 17 foot by about 13 foot mural by Alex Beard, which is phenomenal. I mean, oh, you got to cool. see it. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's a it's kind of a quasi nautical jungle sort of of playful kind of theme, and the children just love it. They just oh, love awesome. It. Yeah. So, what about like are there opportunities for area businesses in um, either for like an employee give back kind of situation mm -hmm. or 
Um, and yes. then with the holidays coming up too, real fast. Um, sure. Is there anything, how are you guys doing that? Because I mean, that's especially hard time to be away from home for these families. Yeah. Well, um, so non-holidays, let's talk first. A number of companies will um, will have um, a set a certain number of hours that they allow their employees to go and volunteer in the community. And so um, by having, you know, 5, 10, 15 people come in, we now can accommodate that in doing a large activity or an event. Um, again, cooking is a big one, playing, doing an art activity. Um, we're still kind of in the quasi-moving, so we've had lots of groups come in and help us unpack boxes and paint and, and all of that. Um, we also have food drives, and on our website, which is www.rmhc-sla.org, there are all kinds of volunteer opportunities and wish lists that we have. So we have pantry wish lists. We still have what we're calling our housewarming wish lists because of our expansion. We obviously need a lot more linens and towels and, and buckets and all kinds of things. So some companies choose to make a donation and fill our pantry, let's say. And so, but they want to make sure that they're giving us things that we'll need. So we encourage them to go to our website and take a look at that. Um, during the holidays, again, we have, for example, a large group coming in next Wednesday. They're bringing Santa. <laughs> they're bringing <laughs> gifts for the children, um, and they're bringing their catering, having it catered by Outback. So, um, so it really just depends on what the group wants. But, but if you go to our website, you can get all of that information, um, or give us a call and, and talk with any of us. You can certainly call me. I'm happy to to answer any calls. Um, our number is 504-486-6668 and uh, push extension five. That's me. Awesome. Um, so we'll just end with, so you guys are moving in families as we speak. Literally started at 8 a.m. this morning. Yep. <laughs> so exciting. And you should see their faces when they walk in. I can't even tell you the difference between where we were, which was, which was fine. It was a certain experience. And where we are now, they're just, their mouths are literally hanging open. They're just like, wow. <laughs> we're so, it just warms our heart because they so deserve this kind of an environment, this kind of place. Um, it's just wonderful for them. Well, and and like John said too, like this is something that other hospitals have. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. this is something we haven't had until now. And that kind of support for, for families that are coming, we're trying so hard to be a, a healthcare destination um, right. This, this is a big part of it. it. It really is. And and John was absolutely right, because, you know, even though I may not need it, let's say I, you know, who of us doesn't know of a child that we have a special heart for? Well, what if it was your child? What if it was your friend's child? What if it was your grandchild? I mean, all of us can identify with the feelings that a parent must have when their child is is extremely ill. I mean, some of these challenges that these families are going to have to face will be there for the rest of their child's life. And so if we can just make their time here as stress-free as possible, we want to meet all of their needs so that they can focus on the most important thing, which is their child's treatment. Um, studies have shown that family-centered care, which is what I'm kind of talking about, really focusing on on, on making that family's life as stress-free as possible with what we can control really then enables them to be more present and more a part of their child's treatment program. And studies have shown that their children do much better. Um, they feel less stressed. 
Um, and just knowing that they don't have to worry about where am I going to eat? Where am I going to, you know, get transportation? How am I going to do my laundry? Um, the financial burden. I mean, we're saving literally millions of dollars oh, yeah. because these families don't have to pay for a hotel or for gas or for food. Um, and the financial challenges for these families are tremendous because again, once they take their child home for many of them, the financial burden continues. Um, we have many families that have to go into bankruptcy because they just, they can't do it. Uh, we have one family who has a teenage son and they're still with us, um, 16 years old. He got into a single car crash. He was a vibrant football playing boy. And now he is um, really not able to recognize anyone or anything. Their entire life has been turned upside down and neither one of them are able to work because he requires around the clock care. Wow. So th this is the kind of thing that you just go, yeah, wow. And, but for the grace of God could be any of us. Right. And so we just want people to know that we are here for these families and we do very much need the support of the, of the community to make this happen. But I'll tell you, some people, sometimes people say, well, gosh, aren't you kind of depressed when you come here? <laughs> and I say, you know what? These families are so courageous and so hopeful and so loving. It humbles me. And I think, you know, I get off my own pity pot, right? And right. I think, oh, my life's so hard, right? I got a commute or I've got this, please. <laughs> you know, it really grounds you and makes you realize how fortunate, you know, we are. And so it makes me want to then give back to these poor people who, you know, in the case of this one family, they woke up, they said goodbye to their son as he drove off, never knowing that their lives are going to be changed forever. Oh. Uh. <laughs> and it could happen to any one of us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so if you are listening and you are, um, moved to give uh the website again is r m h c um dash, dash. <laughs> sla dot org um right. and you guys have uh some little some wish lists up there some um ways that you can can help out that are right there's there's a donate button and then there's ways to give and then you can click on that if you want to look at what um items are still needed. We, we really appreciate that. We, like I said, we need the help of our community. And then certainly if you're ever considering volunteering either for yourself or groups, whether it's a one-time only thing, or, you know, we have some volunteer ladies that are running our front desk. Um, and then they get a perfect opportunity to, to meet the families and, and talk with them. It really depends on what you're wanting, but we can find a place for you. Awesome. There's a place for everybody at Ronald McDonald House. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Grace. This is a, an amazing thing that you guys do. And um, it's such a especially good time of year to be talking about it. And I'm so excited about your grand opening. Yeah, um, thank you. Great timing yeah. for everyone. And um, I just appreciate it. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You too. You and yours and everyone listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. 
For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.